Um, all right, I think um, I'm not going to have the TV here this evening, but um, we're this is our what is it now? Wednesday again, right? <laughs> Just like that. After the Easter, work continues, right? We're we're here to um, praise God and and do the work of prayer. Um, so I entitled our message tonight. Pray lest you fall. Pray lest you fall. Before we get there, let me read the verse that we're going to be um, studying. It's going to be Mark 14, 37 to 38. Um, Let me begin. When Jesus came back and found the disciples sleeping, he said to Simon Peter, Are you asleep? Can't you stay awake for just one hour? Stay awake and pray that you won't be tested. You want to do what is right, but you are weak. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the songs that you've given to us. We thank you for your singers, Lord God, and your instrumentalists. Thank you for their time and their willingness to be used by you to prepare our hearts, Father, as, um, before we hear your message. I pray for blessings for them, Lord God. And I pray for everybody in this building right now, Lord God. You know everyone's needs, our hurts, our pain. Uh, please attend to us, Lord God. Please attend to everyone's needs tonight. Heal those broken hearts. Heal the broken bodies, Lord God. Spiritual healing for those who are lost. And Father, as we study your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be upon us to teach us and to guide us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So the title, Pray Lest You Fall. Um, Whenever God says something, uh, we have to... (laughs) We have to understand, right? The the point of the message tonight is the, the serious need of prayer for the believer. The serious need for prayer for the believer. I know all of us Christians, we understand... Right? Even the unbelievers, they always mention, pray for me when they're in trouble or when they're in need. So people have the word prayer. They know the act of prayer. Um, but sometimes, of course, the unbelievers, they don't know the significance of prayer un- uh, other than the shallow point of it. They only know prayer when they need something. They only know God when they need something from God. But us Christians, us believers of the living God, do we really know the seriousness, the gravity, the intensity, or the great need of prayer in our lives? So that's what we're going to try to tackle tonight. I have three points tonight. Um, First point is God said it. God said it. Uh, We saw it in verse 37 when Jesus came back and he said it in verse 38. Stay awake and pray. Whenever God says something, Christians, we must heed to it. Correct? Amen. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Because God knows everything. Amen? And God knows better than us. I know we went through that God knows series. So we just have to circle back to everything that we know, all the doctrines that we've been studying, all the doctrines that God has revealed to us. We circle it back because they go together. You can't have one without the other. Prayer is needed because God said it, because God knows what He wants. God knows what He wants. God knows what we need. 
And God knows that we want to do the right thing. However, we don't always do it. And you know what? Sometimes because our weakness overpowers us, just like what happened to the, the disciples. The weakness of pride, the weakness of laziness, the weakness of lack of humility, which is pride, right? But there's, there's a, that's why it's so detrimental for the believer if he or she does not see the seriousness of prayer. Because God knows our weaknesses. He knows our tendencies, which, why, which is why he tells us that we are to pray and ask for his help. There, it, he didn't use the word or else, but it's pretty much it. Or else you will fail. Or else you will fall. How many times during a fall, during, during a time of falling, do you look back and see if you examine it, did you really try to, did you try to examine how was my prayer life today? Before that fall happened, did I pray about that? Did I pray that God will protect me from that? And then you'll say, wait, I, I did pray, I did pray, but how come it seemed like my prayer was not answered? So that's going to be our second point. Our second point is, don't show the, my slide on the second point says second point. <laughs> the second point is because our hearts, is, it, there's a brewing sin in our heart. Your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray if God, pray God, if he, pray to God, it should say, pray to God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Acts 8, 21 to 22. This is Peter addressing the sorcerer when the sorcerer, sorcerer was trying to uh, announce to everybody who God is, trying to pretend that she, he belonged with the disciples, with the apostles. But then this is, this is a reminder for us that not because somebody says they're praying, even us. Not because we did the action or the act of prayer. Not because we know the right things to say while we're praying. If our hearts is not right with the Lord, our prayer is being hindered. Because there's sin. If our heart is not right in the sight of God, that means we're sinning. Correct? We're not in right standing with Him. Prayers that we ask for that is not according to God's will obviously will not be answered, right? Now, the worst, thing about, the worst thing about sin is that it affects the beholder, right? It affects the, the one who's carrying it. And one effect that it has to the beholder is blindness, spiritual blindness, there's a proverb where it says, after committing adultery, the both Christians, supposedly in that proverb, they, they said, okay, now that we're done with the act of adultery, you need to go because I still, now I need to give my sacrifice to God. And then they both parted and did, they, they did their religious action. Sometimes us Christians, we think, just so we could... If, if we could just continue to do our Christian motion, go to church, pray, read my Bible, but never be, but really not living right with the Lord, 
we think going with the motion will save us and continue to be right with the Lord. Now, being a Christian, you're saved, right? Because you accepted Christ as your Lord. But there's, it's not right for the Christian to, continue, to take that as a license to sin. Do we agree? And then they bring it to their prayer life. Then you bring it to your prayer life by saying, well, God knew this was going to happen. So God saved me ahead of time with that, action, with that attitude, with that nonchalant, like, ah, it's okay. I have no repentance. I have no regrets. God already paid for it, so I'm going to continue to live my sinful ways. It's wrong. So there's spiritual blindness to the one who's holding the sin. And the person that's holding this in affects the people, not just affects himself or herself, he or she affects the people around them. The heart of that person that is sinning is what drives that person and what he does. So if that person is spiritually blind, okay, and in his heart or her heart is already uh, polluted with sin, now their prayer life will translate to that. They might be, again, they might be saying the right things in their words, and then they will wonder, I don't know why I committed that adultery. I don't know. I prayed. I prayed for God's protection. You prayed, but you messaged the girl right after praying, and you knew you weren't married. You prayed to not commit adultery, but you met with him at lunch, right? So it doesn't make sense, right? Because you think you can pray yourself out of it but your heart was already beholden by the sin that was already in you. Now, if we are physically praying, the motion, the action of praying, but our hearts are not surrendered and right with the Lord, the prayer is in vain. The prayer is in vain. Now, look at David's prayer. We always pray this. I always read this during the Lord's Supper. So I hope this doesn't become a verse for the Lord's Supper only. Because this is a verse for us to recite to ourselves when we're wondering, I don't know, Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's Psalm 139, 23 to 24, New Living Translation. In order for us to truly know what God wants from us, and what God wants us for what we for what God wants us to do in our prayer life, we have to be praying that God clears our hearts of any biases that we already have. Number one, bias. We have to ask God to reveal to us any sin that we are committing or have committed that we are haven't surrendered over to Him. Because obviously, again, remember the first point was that God knows it, that we need to pray, but our prayer will be in vain if our hearts are not correct. So we have to ask God, Lord, correct my heart. Line it up to your will in order for my prayer to be heard by you. And at the same time, in order for me to truly know what you want from me. That makes sense? Many times it does make sense. But you know, when you're already holding a sin, this won't make sense because you're spiritually blinded by your sin. That's why all the more you will need God's help to reveal it to you. Because you're already blinded. You already justified your sin. It's okay. I'm cheating on my taxes. 
I'm giving my tithes naman. <laughs> no? It's okay that I'm gambling. I'm not getting in debt anyway. Yeah, I know a Christian person saw me, somebody from church saw me at the casino. But you know, I'm still giving my tithes. <laughs> you know, we've, we've justified it, right? You rationalized it, you have accepted it, and you can know, and then, then the voice of the Holy Spirit is being deafened, right? It's muted. You can't hear it. You're spiritually blind, you're spiritually deaf, and your prayer is in vain. You might be doing the action of prayer, but you are blinded by your sin. That's why all the more you need to ask God, Lord, search me and point it out to me. The third point is the third point. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't able to edit it today. Um, stay awake. In the verse 38 of Mark 14, stay awake and pray that you won't be tested. You want to do what is right, but you are weak. Isn't this the truth? If we're all going to be honest, we want to do everything right according to God's will. But then our spouse will say the wrong thing. And then it just ruins your day, right? <laughs> no, it, can I save the Sunday? So, Anna Lou and I, this Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, when I was finishing up my message, you know, we're always candidly talking, very honest conversation. We joke around all the time. She goes, why do you say you're going to prepare, I'm going to prepare my message? Isn't it the Lord's message? So, man, your pastor became defensive. <laughs> I go, what? What do you mean? What, you think I'm taking the glory? Did you ever hear me say, I'm glad people are getting saved at church because of me. I was thinking that actually. I didn't tell her that. But I was already fired up. Right? So I asked her, okay, let's put it to your point. I said, so how are you preparing the Lord's message if you're preparing it? <laughs> how are you preparing the Lord's message if it's the Lord's message? And Nana Lugo. She already knew what I was trying to do. She goes, he, he, she probably thought he wants to fight. So she goes, that's not what I meant, but oh well. <laughs> and then she walks away. And, uh, and I was like, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I don't want her to think that I'm, I'm saying it's my message and I'm taking God's glory. But then I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Please take away the anger that I'm feeling towards my wife. Forgive me for my pride. <laughs> and he just went away. Right? He just went away. Because I was sincerely not wanting to, at that point, I really didn't want to fight with my wife. And if she was making a point, and if it was true, if it were true, I need to heed to that. But then, you need to pray. Right? You just can't keep going the way you think, the way you think you should handle a situation. And if we're not praying, the devil is so cunning, right? The Bible says it. The devil is cunning. He's clever. He's smart. He's the best tactician when it comes to wars. He makes suggestions. The enemy and his cronies, they hear the conversations. That's why we have to be careful with our conversations. We think nobody's hearing it. 
We think it's just a brother or a sister that's hearing it, but the enemy is hearing that, and they're going to use those conversations. And what does the enemy wants to do? He wants to divide, right? He wants to, he's seeking, to, to, and then he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. Now, unfortunately, it was too late for the disciples to realize that God knew what he was talking about. <laughs> when Jesus told them to stay awake and pray, the body, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. It was too late for them. Because when the challenge happened, and we studied this, right, for quite some time. When the challenge happened, when the, when the people came there, they deserted and they left and abandoned Jesus. While Jesus who prayed without, without hindrance, he prayed endlessly to the Lord, to his Father, and he faced the capture, the, the scourging, the crucifixion, he faced it without any fear. Because he, he prayed up. So when God says, stay awake and pray so that you won't be tested, so that you don't fall, do we realize how important that line is for us? How true that line is for us? And then do we realize how important prayer is? Now, if your answer is logically yes, how is your prayer life? Right? You have to ask yourself then, okay, so how's my prayer life? If I believe that this is true, that if I don't pray, I will fall. And I don't want to fall. I don't want to be, I don't want to be used by the devil to cause fights, to cause division, to cause problems. I should be praying. That should be. The, the application of it, correct? But sometimes we don't. Unfortunately, we don't. Us Christians, we go through the motion of the, of the world too. We go on our Instagram, we go on our Facebook, we go on our email, we do our work. Oh, and then there's no time for prayer. We pray when we get in our car. We pray when we get into I-80. I and then we're getting this spaghetti bowl. Oh, we're praying then, right? Like, oh, Lord, please protect me. Oh, Lord, Lord, please protect me. Please protect my children. I pray for Alonzo, uh, Anna Lou, when I see traffic like that. I see crazy drivers. Oh, Lord, please protect my family. Oh, yeah. When trouble comes, that's when we get to praying, right? But see, we can also pray even before the trouble comes. Because we have to be ready for the battle. Because the war has been won by Jesus, correct? But all of us, we face our own spiritual battles, whether it's in our family, at work, with our health, with our relationships. We will all face our battles. And with those battles, there's a tendency that we will take it upon ourselves and then we will fall, we will fail, we will sin. And Jesus says, pray lest you fall. You want to do what is right, but you are weak. Is that okay, Christian, that you accept that you are weak? It's right. It's right that you accept that you are weak. But it's not right to just keep it that way. You are weak, so you pray. The weaker you are, the more praying you do. Right? If you're weak regarding, let's say, gambling, the more praying you're doing against gambling. Lord, don't let me fall into gambling. If it's adultery, Lord, don't help, don't help me not to fall into adultery. 
And whatever your struggle is, you're praying about that specific thing. Uh, this is Mark eleven twenty two to 25. He reads here, Have faith in God. Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that, they, that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. It will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I'm sharing this verse because other than, other than sin in our hearts that prevents us from praying the right way and our prayers being heard by the Lord, the other thing is that we lack faith in what we're actually asking. We really don't trust God that He can do what we asked Him to do. Lord, please help me and my children. But then you're doubting. And then the verse says, like, if, if you ask something, if you doubt, if you doubt, expect to not receive it. Because God will not bless your doubt. Because God is offended with doubt. God is offended with worry. Now, these statements were made by Jesus to, this, to His disciples when many were questioning His spiritual authority. This is commonly referred to as the, quote-unquote, mountain-moving faith. This image has been used by Christians throughout the years to keep believing and praying in the face of what may seem to be an insurmountable obstacle or obstacles. It points out the extreme necessity of faith in believing that something will happen as a result of our prayers. There's boldness in the Lord. There's audacity in the Lord for a Christian who prays. Because when we're praying, we're bold in saying, Lord, I'm coming to you because I know you can do this. I know you can help me with this. That's a different kind of prayer. And that's the prayer that God truly wants. Not the kind of prayer, not the timid prayer like, Lord, I don't know. I know you're busy. But I was wondering, can I bother you for a minute? You know? like, what, what are you talking about? God can hear you right there and then. You have His full attention. And He will attend to you the way you need it. The problem is, are you asking? And if you're not asking, that's pride. And if you humble yourself to ask, Lord, I cannot do this. This challenge is above me, is way beyond me. I know you can help me. That's the prayer God wants to hear. And if you say, Lord, I have faith in you. I know you can do this. Help me with my trouble. God will rescue you. I know a lot of uh, preachers, the prosperity preaching gospel guys, this is what they use. But it's not true. You cannot dictate to God to make you a millionaire. You cannot pray to God and say, Lord, I want that red Mercedes Benz, top down, 2022. I know, no. If I name it, I claim it, I identify it, right? It will be there in my garage by 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. I believe it in Jesus' name. A world with no end. Right? No, it's, no, it's, it's any, anything that is not according to God's will, Trust me, it will not happen. But everything that is according to God's will 
it will happen. And then the other thing that I want you guys to look at there is an unforgiving heart. If we are asking something from God, but yet we're holding unforgiveness, bitterness in our hearts, our prayers are being hindered. You see it? It's in there. So, and then God reminds us gently that if you have been forgiven by God, you can forgive others. And you should forgive others. And if you haven't done that, then your prayer is being hindered because unforgiveness is sin. Correct? That's the second statement that's there about the avenue about forgiving others. In our prayers, it must, in our prayers, it has, we have to have it in there to us forgiving those who have offended us. Because they are out there, correct? Right? It could be your coworker that snapped at your head, bit off your head today. It could be your spouse. It could be your child or children. It could be me, your pastor. <laughs> but the self-examination in our prayer must contain forgiveness for others. Because if we are not going to be honest about that, our prayers will be hindered. Now, if prayer is necessary, absolutely necessary for a believer, we have to, we have to know these things. Right? Well, I'm not telling you how to pray. I'm telling you the, the whys behind the prayer. So hopefully, as, as we pray tonight, we will have the Lord examine our hearts. Uh, if there's any sin in our hearts, unforgiveness in our hearts, the people that we haven't forgiven, the sins that we haven't asked for forgiveness for and confessed, He will reveal it to us and He will ask Him in full, bold faith all the things that we need and we are in need of help of. Amen? Amen, amen. That is our message tonight. Thank you for your patience. Please join me in the word of prayer as the music team makes their way up here. I'm going to close us in prayer. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your message for us tonight. We know how we greatly need prayer in our lives. I pray, Father, that you will remind us of the truth, of this truth, in order for us to truly be in prayer with you constantly, as much as we need it, Lord God. We are weak, Father, and, and there's no way that we can resist temptation without your help. So I pray for all my brothers and sisters who are going through uh, challenges in their lives that are being tempted by the, the enemy about certain things. I pray that you help them, Lord God. And I pray that their prayer life will improve because of this test, because of this trial. I pray for my brothers and my sisters who are going through any challenges in their, li their lives, Lord God. And, and they're feeling that it's not being answered because they've been praying for it for quite some time and the problem is still there. I pray that you will increase their faith, Lord God, despite the fact that they haven't seen their prayer answered the way they're thinking that it should be answered. I pray for discernment and wisdom for that brother and sister. I pray, Father, for your blessing. Hear our prayers, Lord God. And Father, forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. We ask all these in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all